Hello, welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast with me, Alice Arnold. This week, we are going to hear from a new up-and-coming writing duo, and they are enjoying their first West End success with The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole, aged 13 and three quarters, and they came into the studio for cakes and a chat. They are Jake Brunger and Pippa Cleary. Welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre podcast with me, Alice Arnold. This week, I am talking to the writers of The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole, who are Jake Brunger and Pippa Cleary. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having Have us. Have you enjoyed a little Italian thingy? Canolo. With... Oh, Delicious. Thank you so much. That's made right. my day. I'm, I'm saving myself after yeah. this. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, there's quite a few there. You see, I do like to give people a little snack, a snack, cake, something, before we start. Now, you met, you're very young. You look probably even younger than you are. But um, you met at Bristol University. How, tell me, how was it like fresh as fair? How, how well, did you well, actually, actually I met our director, Luke Shepherd, in my first year of, at the in our halls of residence, would you believe? And we sort of did a few shows together, West Side Story. And I'd always said to him, oh, I'd love to write a musical. I'd done some stuff at school, you know, and he had met Jake previously because they both studied drama and I studied music. And um, basically, to cut a long story short, we got some amazing funding to take a show to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And Luke had this idea because we were doing a show called I Love You, You're Perfect Now Change with a university cast and crew. And he said, well, why don't we also just write something new? And, you know, because we've got no risk here and we can alternate it day, one day, one day, one off and on. So he basically put me and Jake together and said, you've got three Three months to write a show. We've booked the slot. Uh, we've paid the fees. Um, going, but got the house. Off you go. And from thence, it all began. And that was eleven years ago. Yeah. And I remember because we had it was already booked. It was in, it was called Jet Set Go, the and you also musical. had to write your blurb about what the show was about before you've even written it. Right. And I remember going into the practice room in, in, at Bristol University Music Department and meeting Pippa and. We just had to do it. And I remember our first session was disastrous. And um, We both we, decided we couldn't possibly work with each other. We were very polite. Yeah. <laughs> we were very polite with one another because we didn't, you know, we didn't know how we could be. And I remember the second session, from then on, it was like shouting, screaming, banging the floor, banging the piano. Cause, and that's been like that. No, we've got better lately. But, um, it, it, what, for shouting a long time. and screaming crossly? No, in a, in a passionate way. Oh, okay. I mean, yes, crossly as well. I'm not going to lie. But, um, <laughs> but it's always about the work. You know, we, we, uh, our process is, I think, very unique because we write lyrics together. So Pippa will sit at the piano, I will stand at my laptop, and then we will record our session. And this is how it started, you know, all these years ago. And we will just, Pippa will start no, playing. Voice memos didn't exist, remember, back That's in the true, day. Yeah, yeah, I don't God. know how we managed the first few years. So you write the music and the lyrics at the same time? It depends. Sometimes we do, or sometimes I'll write the music and we'll kind of scat kind of dummy lyrics. Like literally, oh, the park to the shop we go and the pig and, you know, things yeah. that fit and rhyme so that you've got. And then later we'll update the lyrics. Sometimes we have the lyrics first. And then sometimes we'll have a tune. It, it's kind of all three, but yeah, we're very in the room together. But actually just thinking back to that first moment, we we're talking about how disastrously the first meeting went. We're so lucky because we basically had to learn to collaborate when we were 21. Mm. And collaboration is everything in musical theatre because up to that point, I'd only written music on my own at school and I'd done my stuff. And I'd written scripts, hit and written, yeah. He'd written some mm. plays and you don't have anyone else to question things. And then the first time someone's like, well, hmm, actually, I'm not sure about that. You're like, oh, but actually, that is the number one skill if you need if you want to work in musical theatre. And I think some people come to it later in life, you know, novelists, whatever, playwrights, and fantastic writers and composers, but that haven't collaborated in that way. It can be a bit of a baptism of fire. So we, we dealt with that early. So I guess the very, this is a very long way around your question, which is yeah. that we, we met at Bristol, but having met really young, we, it's true, but like the paper says, we didn't have any filter of, oh, well, I'm a grand composer and I'm a grand playwright. It literally was like, you've got three months to write a show, go. 
And it's kind of been like that ever since, yeah. for 10 so years. It was student yeah. stuff, yeah. and now it still feels And we like have that stuff lovely shorthand with Luke Shepard as well, who we've obviously uh-huh. worked, worked on and off yeah. with over the last 10 years, and he's had a fantastic career doing amazing things with Matilda and all sorts. But yeah, to come, the three of us still have that kind of banter shorthand, and yeah. shorthand that we established at university, which we're And really it's very much misconstrued for. for, it's like siblings. Like, you can you hear we interrupt each other yeah. in our, already five times in this interview. So yeah, mm-hmm. imagine the three of us all together. Uh, right. <laughs> So you had Jet Set Go, which mm-hmm. was at Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, then you were commissioned to write an adaptation of Enid Blyton's Mallory Towers. Yeah, we did. That was yeah. a, a, a mad sort of six months. How did that come about? It was a year then? and a half. Was it a year and a half? Yeah. Don't fight. Don't fight. I know, I know. <laughs> Thank God you're here. Um, <laughs> so the producer, David Pugh, who had produced uh, Calendar Girls and God of Carnage and um, the play what I wrote, uh, literally spotted us at Edinburgh. It really was one of those, you know, things. He came to see it with, bizarrely, the the dramaturg, the literary manager of the Royal Court, which was so surreal, coming to see our show about Cabin Crew. Um, and actually, I did get uh, into the Royal Court Young Writers Group off the back of that. But he, yeah, he was, he said, like, look, have you ever thought about Mallory Towers? And it really fit what we were, the kind of thing we did. We did a workshop, Thea Sharrock directed it, it was glorious, but there's a long complicated story behind the rights of that show which I won't bore you with and it's happening actually this summer but not with us anymore it's happening with Emma Rice but we're not it, it, we had a lovely time working on it and uh, oh, it was glorious yeah um, and I'm sure that one day those songs well actually some of them we've already recycled picked up and put into other things oh right okay we're not supposed to admit that shush there we all come from original no place. have you read Andrew Lloyd Webber's but, no, uh, but autobiography no, but we watched the documentary uh, yeah. you, you need to read it because there's if you know lots of his shows, which I, I'm sure you do because you're musical theatre fans, he talks a lot about taking songs mm. from one show and putting them in another and saying, well, that show didn't work, but we used that opening yeah. number and we stuck it in Cats or whatever. I mean, it's just really, really I interesting. I will quite proudly admit so, that I do the exact same thing. Yeah. It's not a secret. There's plenty of songs. If something hasn't worked or is not going on and it's a great tune... Yeah, why yeah. waste it? You, if it? If you're forcing something that shouldn't be, well, then that's a different thing. But if it actually is appropriate, yeah, it's lovely to recycle things and then your your good melodies, you know, they don't die. So, yeah, mm. I'm fully supportive of that. <laughs> yeah. So, but, so the secret diary of Adrian Mole, I mean, this is now in the West End. So mm. this is your... Dream your, come true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is the big success. This puts you on the map now. You've just quoted um, the show there. Yeah. yeah. That's what Adrian, in his I Want song, he says it'll put me on the map. Sorry to interrupt you. That was quite fortuitous. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have seen the show. I knew that, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, how did it all happen? How did the Adrian Mole thing happen? It's such a lovely story, I suppose. I played Adrian when I was 13. I'm from Nottingham. My whole family is from Leicester. And years later, we were at Pippa's house, Pippa's parents' house, which is where we used to write in London when we first graduated. And they had a copy of Adrian Mole on their bookshelf. And I just sort of thought, well, we're from very different backgrounds. And, and I, the fact that I had been an Adrian and, and come from the Eastman's and Pippa's family grew up in London, but they still had that book. I was like, wow, this is a book that speaks to everyone. So we did a quick rights check and the agent said, there's a very short window of three months that the, the film, there's going to be a film of Adrian Mole, but it's, it looks like it's collapsing. You can pitch the musical to Sue Townsend. And so we did. We wrote a 10 minute pitch. We got on the train and went to see Sue. We played her the, the first 10 minutes on spec, you know, just as, as a pitch. And we finished and she said, well, where's the rest of it? And we said, well, that's it. She didn't realise it was just a pitch. She thought we'd written the whole thing. Right. And she said, well, go and write the rest of it then. And she sold the rights the next day for a pound. No, did yeah. she? Yeah, that, so, that's what we, I mean, we just wouldn't be here yeah, yeah. if she hadn't done That is so generous and unusual, you know, because there was no, at the time we were 24, 25, and she, there was no way we would have been able to afford however much it anything, would have been for the rights to that kind yeah. of title. But I think she just kind of liked us and we, we were a new generation coming to the book, but we still related to absolutely everything in it and we were really passionate. So yeah, she 
could not have been more generous and we are eternally grateful to her for that. Mm. And she worked with you quite a long yeah. way th- through the process, yeah. didn't she, she? She had been a playwright, you know, for much of her career, uh, lots of plays at the uh, Royal Court Theatre and in the West End. And so she had that dual thing of being appreciative of what theatre was and that it was a different medium to novels. So she was, uh, you know, arm's length when she needed to be, but if she had specific notes on this character would not say that or don't like this turning point. Or, you know, yeah, and we there was would... lots of red pen, wasn't there? Yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, but she was just fantastic. She was, considering that that book is her, her greatest gift to the world, she really was quite chilled. She was just a chilled, yeah. she was chilled person. She and, we, and there are bits that we've elaborated on and sort of done our own thing with. And she was, she, she had read and, and loved the sort of, I would say one of the drafts, which was before she died. So she'd seen a kind of very, very early workshop and, and really loved it. And there's nothing since then that we've dramatically altered. No. So mm. I, uh, yeah, I think we had we had her blessing on the show pretty much. And if anything, since that original, we've always gone back. back Whenever we've book. had problems, we've just gone back to the book yeah. because the lines are so golden. Why mm-hmm. would we not? And sadly, she did die just mm. a yeah. year before it yeah. opened. Yeah. And we'd seen her very a couple of few weeks before. We'd had lunch at her house, and she oh. was, you know, she was just such a, a great. Lovely person. Yeah, she was. Isn't it? You can't say a bad word about her. She's um, She was amazing. Yeah. Well, you've given the gift of the show back to the people in well, the West End. Hopefully. And, you know, it's been, it's amazing that the book still does live on and still, and you know, actually when she did um, pass away, you know, the tributes that came in from people like J.K. Rowling and David Williams, you know, she meant so much to so many people. And that book still speaks to the, the real 13-year-olds that we have in mm-hmm. the show. It's timeless. It's a really timeless book. Yeah, and it speaks to the 13-year-olds in the show, but also to the adults in the mm. show who are thinking back to those days. I mean, I found the whole, the, the parents, the, the divorce of his parents, mm. incredibly moving. I mean, that, that song, I Miss Our Life. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, that really got yeah. me. I love that. Mm. Um, but it is also quite crazy, the show. Mm. Is that, I don't oh, know, yeah. no, I don't Completely. know what word to use. Zany. I think it's when all the grown-ups came in their school uniforms. Yep. Um, I thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole nativity scene. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. um, barking, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's just... But a, it's but, wonderful. It's joyous. Thank joyously you. Joyously crazy. It, it's that thing of, you know, it's just a great meeting of Pippa and I's... That is... And, a, and Luke's And Luke, styles. yeah, of our styles. He, and with Sue's. Yeah, yeah, Luke's signature, the sort of directorial style, I would say. He's so brilliant at you know, the, the without giving too much away, there's a lot of push and pull with the set and sort of things mm-hmm. popping out of things and going into things. And it's so inventive and it's so different and sort of it just makes the it just makes it a bit more quirky and unique, mm. isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I think part of the reason that sort of it is a bit quirky and zany and, and you could say hyped up in a way is because Adrian is such a melodramatic personality and everything is seen through his eyes. So it is all awful or brilliant or dreadful and oh we must there must be a big song now and it, it, everything is bigger you know, yes, because just, when you're yeah, 13 everything is a drama yeah. so we kind of went with that and so therefore the whole show is a bit weird and wacky and, and moves at a right old pace um, and does. the company have a lot to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have there's no there's no let up for anybody but no it's it's joyful but because it's seen through his eyes as well so for example when his mum has an affair with the next door neighbour that song is this kind of fiery Latin number where they end up you know sort of all over the living room together because it that that style suits you know and also the end of Act One for example which is a revolutionary against the head teacher song a bit like you know that classic trope in, in all sort of books and films it becomes this lame is style revolutionary number for a reason that you, you know, we've not just plucked that out of nowhere it's because that's what he feels that if he had a musical of his life that is he what would, that song he would, would be. have a revolution yeah yeah, yeah. and of course the central character is adrian mole um, 13 and three quarters um 
how do you find your agent? You know, you've got central characters to this, very central characters mm. who are very young actors. Yeah. Um, so how did you get, and lots of them playing it because of the equity rules that act, children are not <laughs> yeah. allowed to perform more than however many times a week. So how did you go about finding your Adrians and your Pandoras? I think there were 290. Was it that many, that, yeah. The, yeah, it was a lot of auditions. and um, But uh, Luke is so brilliant at kind of making the, the kids feel comfortable and sort of auditioning them in a way that's not sort of intimidating and just playing around and trying different groups with different groups. And obviously they had to learn bits of the songs and scenes. But it was really lovely. And actually I could see sort of selfishly how much they were enjoying the material and they were sort of giggling at the lines and you're sort of, you're going, oh, well, actually, mm. so... But it I really, it was really hard. Them, yeah. it, of course it's hard to have to whittle it down. But we have 16 in total, four teams four of four children. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Bizarrely with Adrian, because there are four teams, all four teams of, of all the characters are completely different. There is no stock type. So like often when you go and see a lot of the children's shows, you know, there is like, Annie is going to have that short ginger bob. With this, there is... Uh, Every Adrian is is it's like seeing a different show, and that's why I think make what's so exciting for us as well as writers and for the company, the adult company who do have to do it, you know, four sets of rehearsals and dress rehearsals, mm-hmm. etc. They get a different performance each night, especially in like I'm thinking about our bullies, for example, the four Barry Kent, the the mean bully who steals twenty pence from him. There, are, you would not put those four children next to each other and say you're all playing the same role. And I love that because yeah. it means they bring different things to the role too. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, and um, there are some scenes for the children well, mm. and they are children um that might be quite embarrassing for them oh yes um but they how did they cope with that i remember in a dress rehearsal in leicester the girl playing pandora has to kiss adrian and she ran off stage in the dress rehearsal and fell into giggles with the chaperone and said that was my first kiss and then that happened again with one of the adrians two years ago oh, i really? remember we were running the show and actually quite a few producers had just happened to come in that day it was one of those slightly more big fish people are coming to watch the run sort of thing and he and there's this kiss and, and it was the first time they'd done it and and then he sort of came off and went bright red and said that was my first kiss and then no one could hold it together after that for five minutes but yeah. what's it, yes yes you're right it's it's on a knife edge of sort of we're catching them at that point you know we couldn't cast them any younger you know mm. but we can't go to older. any older because of the sort of voice breaking issue and things so but they do literally grow up through the course of yeah. the rehearsals and, and, and these shows and, and they're asking questions and they're, it, it is, it's lovely to watch. And they are also really mature. I think, you know, 30, you, sometimes we forget that we're in the presence of 13-year-old kids because they, they're very worldly and also a lot of them have come from the theatre. They've, they've done a lot of professional work and there's that horrible thing about people think that kids are stagey and that they're, you know, if they've been to Sylvia Young, they twirl in the room and they don't at all. They, are, they work so hard because they have to go to school every day at 8.30 do a whole day or a morning at school, come to the show. Some, they don't get back home till midnight. Mm. It, it, they yeah. actually they work harder. They are troopers. Harder. They're yeah. such troopers. And it is an interesting age because I wonder if 13-year-olds now mm. are more mature than 13-year-olds were then. I think they don't. I wouldn't necessarily know if they were more mature, but they definitely have a lot more information. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I mean, at their disposal, so therefore possibly things will be more in their heads than, than at our generation. And yeah, it's managing that. And again, Luke Shepard is really fantastic at just talking to them about everything and going through, just making sure that everyone knows what everything means and just sort of making everything in a safe space. And I think the, the, all the kids are actually so comfortable with each other. And I think yeah. there isn't any sort of awkwardness or no, issues. No, no, no. The, and the chaperones as well. Like they, they know what they're doing to make to make it yeah. really good. But it definitely is life imitating art because they are going through, you can see the, the throes of, 
you know, between the between them and, you know, they're getting, Rufus, one of our agents said, you know, oh, I'm getting loads of spots on my face now. <laughs> I was like, did uh, you say that? Yeah, you really did, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens under the sweaty lights. <laughs> now, it's set in 1981, which is obviously before your time, yeah. a long time before your time. It's very nostalgic for those of us in the audience because before the play starts, I got there quite early and sat and listened to yeah. 1981. In fact, Music, we were yeah. going, where's this come from? In 1981. And, um, <laughs> and and then it was all 1981. So, um, but so, how did you make sure you got? Because you're such a young team and mm. you're director as well. So, how did you make sure you got that right? Our parents, particularly Pippa's mum. So we, we often do a lot of writing at my Pippa's. Mu- my mother yeah. is the unsung hero of our relationship. Yeah. She sort of becomes the mediator. If we need to check a historical fact, yes. a grammatical error, yeah. a sort of would would this person of uh, at this, this time have yeah. said that? If, um, so she, yeah, yeah. We, and we have a sort of plethora of people that we email all the email time. All yeah. the time. And then Tom Rogers, of course, the designer who is phenomenal, mm. has just done such an amazing job with all the props and, and scenery that sort of do make the audience think that they are literally, they've been transported back, uh, which is really, really lovely. There's a lot in the book as well and we, we didn't want to make it so alienating. So for example, there's a reference in there to Esther Ranson. I don't know if you picked up on that. And so I thought, okay, who is still relevant now that was still around then, you know, it was around the time that she was doing That's Life? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's it was called don't That's even know. Life. I know, sorry. Um, but when we did... So Listen, I, I, put, know. I know. <laughs> I used to know John Tideman quite well. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes, um, so, moving on. You know, so Esther Ranson, we picked her purposely because we thought, okay, she spans both eras. And in the auditions, we, there's a line in the audition, these kids someone said, do you know who Esther Ranson is? And one child put their hand up and said, is she a famous poet? <laughs> and another one with um, Charles and Diana. Yeah, some There's, of them didn't know, but you know, you, they didn't know 13, who they were. They did not. They, they hadn't heard. Someone, one of the kids, said Charles and D when he was reading the script. Oh, really? Oh, they didn't know that. And we said, "Die, that's Diana." We said, "Do you know who that is?" And he said, "No." They were born in 2006, these children. She died in 97. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but they I could all relate so. to the Royal Wedding because of Meghan Markle's wedding last year. And Wills and Kate. And Wills and Kate. Yeah. So they do, they, they get the... These things come back. Because the, the, the Royal Wedding forms a big part of the show at the, at the top of Act 2. So, and that's what I mean. Like, there's a timelessness to this stuff that, you know, so although Adrian and Nigel look at a copy of Big and Bouncy magazine <laughs> stolen from his dad's shed... That's no different to really a kid getting up an iPhone now and saying, look at this, look what I've seen. So even it just, it's, that's where the timelessness, I think, comes from this, mm. the subject matter here. So now this is your first work that's been in the West End. Yeah. Are we talking to the new Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber here? Well, this do you know what? We've happening. done, it's, it's, we've not arrived from nowhere, I suppose, is, is the kind of, we've done... We did two shows on the fringe, which has started out, which is how we got the job for Adrian Mole. I think we've counted eight nine, shows or something. Eight or nine. Um, um, lots of kids' shows in Singapore. We've done three yeah. shows in Singapore. We've done a show for National Youth Music Theatre here. So there is that awful story, isn't there? You know when people say it's like it's their it's their big or they've come from we haven't. We've it, grafted over a ten yeah, years. Yeah, and then of, you of have that. the yeah. and then this is the And the I think what also through. feels lovely but also slightly strange is sort of everyone's kind of congratulating us now, but actually we wrote the most of Adrian Mole <laughs> seven years ago. Yeah. Then we of course we made some tweaks um when after yeah. the curve version and then it transferred to the menu, we added a new song, Misunderstood. But the bulk of our work was done seven years ago. Yeah. And of course we're still always noting and sort of tweaking, but you know, for me it's it's music I don't even remember <laughs> writing. Like it's yeah, sort of yeah, such yeah. a long time yeah. ago. And we we've got other projects going on now which hopefully all of them will transfer to the West End. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's sort of, it, 
but it's it just takes that long. You know, musicals take time and, and workshops and tweaks and all the sort of politics of the theatres and the, the creative teams and getting it all right. So, but we couldn't be more thrilled we're finally here. And in answer <laughs> to your question, like as a, in terms of us as a, a partnership, like we definitely work on separate projects together. You know, a lot at the moment Pippa's doing her own stuff, I'm doing my own stuff, but we... He's writing movies. Um, <laughs> movies now, <laughs> darling. <laughs> darling. Uh, but we have actually just, uh, we're just about to start our own. Um, we're, we're, we've got a TV show in development, the two of us. And because yeah. a, a lot of TV companies are really interested in musicals at the moment. We're talking oh. about... Okay, a musical television. Yeah, which is very, you know, because there's a show in the US called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which sort of, and and obviously um, the Australian show, oh, what's it called? Uh, Oh, it's gone out of my mind. Uh, What's that Australian show? Oh no! I no, don't, no, 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 I don't watch Australian don't shows for young um, people. But yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, when we uh, we 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 have a new show as well that we've been writing for, uh, for the last six months on attachment to the National Theatre, which we've just come to the end of a draft of. Um, and so yeah, we, the, we'll we'll do our own things every now and again, and we'll have a little bit of time off because it's quite intense yeah. working together. But we'll always. Mm come back together and yeah and sometimes we, we're actually literally about to go away on one of our retreats <laughs> we go to my parents house in the new forest again you, my mother <laughs> sort of we'll looks after she right. looks after us cooks for us and dramaturgs the work and, and breaks off the gosh we're not that bad <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and uh, so that's love and yeah we sometimes we have these intensive periods and then we'll have yeah. the periods where we'll do other things but no we're we, we love working together and I think we also really you say the new Angela Roman Tim Rice not so much it, you know but we really love to champion new British musicals because mm-hmm. it's just really hard you know that you know if you look at the West End now, you know, it's 90% is, is American stuff. And so anything we can do to help move those along, we will do. There's another way that you differ from um, Angela Weber and Tim Rice is that you can actually <laughs> perform yourselves because I've um, seen it. Yes, you. I've oh, seen you on yeah. YouTube. I've seen you on YouTube oh, performing God. a song from Adrian Mole. <laughs> In Crazy Cox. And actually, do you know what? This is a really an angel story. And you story. were both amazing. Well, thank you And very you both much. properly sing. Well, I can't sing. Well, and act. Is, we normally, yes, you can. The spiel that we always give when we do our pitches <laughs> to producers and, and directors and things is, um, hi guys, we're going to sing the song. Mm-hmm. Pippa can't act and Jake can't sing. But between the two of us, we, we, we put across, we put across a... But actually, you say that I, I, we did, in order to get the show to the Menier Chocolate Factory, Adrian Mole, we had to sing... Pepper and I and yeah. act every single role, just the two of us, to around, the the produ- piano. around the piano, to the producer David Ian. And his 40-person office, yeah, who had all, all taken behind. the Friday afternoon off, sitting yeah. there with gin and tonics, like looking at, sternly at us, what have you yeah. got? And Pippa, you're playing the piano. I'm playing oh, the piano at the same time. singing, and and singing acting all the parts. Role. Not yeah. to men- I mean, it was one of the most... <laughs> scary three hours of our life. I went home and ate McDonald's and, and passed out. I, think, I was yeah, so nervous. But we, it was sort of, yeah. yeah. So we are we used to performing. Pitch, yeah. But we did, um, uh, uh, this is a lovely story, we we did perform at a gala last year, bizarrely. We got invited, we couldn't believe it. On the bill was like Clive Rowe, Janie D and us. It was absolutely hilarious. And we performed a song and afterwards um, this woman came bounding up to us. She said, I absolutely love that. I'd love to work with you. And we realised it was Caroline Quentin. Um, and we didn't realise at the time that she started out in musical theatre. She has got the most incredible voice. I mean, she did My My Girl a couple of summers ago at Chichester. So we have just finished workshopping a show with her and fingers crossed if we can get it all together and align in the right place. But, you know, so that was a really lovely evening of being like, well, actually, maybe we should do this more often. So is the next thing an adaptation or is it and no. The next thing is, is an original musical, which I prob- we probably can't say very much about because no, it's not, but... nothing sort of confirmed yet, but we are really excited about it. Can we talk about it? Uh, well, I guess we can. Yeah. I mean, but again, it comes back to that thing of, uh, you know, we are passionate about British stories and British, and, and why shouldn't we write a, an original story? I think in America they have that absolute, you look at things like Next to Normal and um, Fun Home, and I know Fun Home is actually a bit based on a book, but Next to Normal isn't, and Dear Evan Hansen isn't. These are original ideas, and 
I can't tell you how hard those are to get off the ground. Yeah. We're sort of saying this flippantly, but it... it yeah, to get somebody to, interested in producing. You know, it's a shame that over here we don't have... The, in the way that we have a huge subsidised market for you know, the subsidised theatre industry, it rarely gets behind musicals. Uh, they don't treat the musical in the way that America treats the art form. You know, even with Mole, we've seen it. They, it we're treated as a mainstream commercial show. It's not. It's it's a... It's not that, um, necessarily. Um, but yeah, so the new show is an original story um, inspired by a series of letters uh, written by a family friend of Pippa's uh, about her husband who goes into a care home with Alzheimer's. And it's basically about what happens to her on the outside and how she attempts to live her life. And it's, it's, a sort of, it's a light... It's got comedy elements to it because she's only a 63. She's an absolute... The woman mm. that it's based on is absolutely hilarious. And, uh, and and as we sort of started going to research for the show, so she, basically she meets somebody in the show whose um, wife is in the care home. And I did not realise that it's also John Suchet's story. Um, it happened with his, his when his wife Bonnie was in the care home. He met another... And then as we started to tell people about this project lots of people came calling out the world and, said, this, and so I went to, I've met loads of people since and, and we've interviewed people and it's about finding love in, in the hardest of places well I think that's so relevant now isn't it and Absolutely, you know now yeah. that we, you know so many people I mean my generation mm-hmm. or my so many of my mm-hmm. friends are dealing with this with their yeah. parents and we just so, I mean I think so. all, all of us every generation is dealing with someone who's going through some that's form yeah. of some, you know yeah. whether it's your father or your aunt or your, you mm. know everyone I think it is something that's not spoken about but and and Especially the story of the the spouse of the person who has Alzheimer's. It's yeah. not actually about no, husband. no. It's, it's not the, about it's Alzheimer's. Person, it's about the, the the guilt and the feelings of can I move on in this state of limbo? How much time should I be devoting to him? And how much of my life am I allowed to leave? You know, it's it's, mm. it's it is touching. So anyway, we've just finished that, so we're waiting for the. And, next we, and we just did the workshop, and and the workshop was uh, it's I think it's six to eight actors over the age of sixty, and uh, we had the most incredible room of people. I, I, I can't even, you know, they'd all known each other for thirty years. They, they, God, they gossiped like no one's business. <laughs> but they all said they are, are so behind it because they don't get castings anymore. You know, they, they go up for like grandma and, you know, Billy Elliot or mm-hmm. those kind of things. They, they were like, mom. yeah, yeah your mom. <laughs> um, you know, they were like, here is a story that is not treating our age group. And also there's no cynicism in why me and Pippa have written it. We've not gone, oh, let's write a sort of, you know, grey pound piece at yeah. all. We just love that that age group. We it, we felt like, why aren't people writing for, for these mm-hmm. people? That's also the theatre going audience. So um, we're really excited about it and hopefully it will come out at some point. So now you say you're doing in, you do do individual projects mm. and then you come back and work together. Mm. Have either of you gone off because you know, I'm obsessed with Love Island at the moment. Oh, um, I know it's not really. I, I'm, no, not, I'm not so the obsessed. target Don't audience, even, but so I do obsessed. love it. I literally. I'm and so I just obsessed. want to know if either of you, you know, like Donna Curtis, or you know, if you've gone off with someone else and written with oh, other people and not wow. told each other. Oh no, 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 like that. no! It's all. It's, yeah, it's all. all we we have open. A, an open relationship. No, no. It's yeah. You would ask each other first. Yeah, yeah. I've written. I've written a few musicals, none of which have actually gone on yet in the last couple of years with other writing teams um, and some of those projects are still sort of pending um, I'm doing a couple of jukebox musicals at the moment which obviously yeah. have pre-existing songs so uh-huh. exactly. there's no place for Pippa which is sad yeah. but um, yeah. but definitely there's you know this is the thing at the moment I think we're we're hitting a new stride of hey do you know what we can do our own separate projects but when we come back together our voice together is very it's, it's very unique yeah. I don't and write do the same songs, songs with other, with other people, people. Yeah. And, and, so, and that's what's yeah. really lovely and also to be honest I think we, we established sort of four years into our relationship obviously you can tell we're quite fiery if we spent 
nine to five mm. every day together of the year, we probably would kill each other. So we need some. We need to have that time sometimes to breathe and come back together. When we write together, um, we only ever do uh, four hour sessions, so nine <laughs> yes. till one or two till six in our days. We actually, thankfully, we live up the road from each other, which is handy. But we we just learned over the years that four hours together. Uh, the intensity of what we're even how we're talking now is the lowest energy we get. <laughs> this is but that's that, um, yeah. four hours is long enough working that, day that, for that's, anybody. That's, that's not true. <laughs> we're about to go for another four day retreat, and yes, those I are know. always twenty four yeah. hours. Yeah. And then, and then we, we... <laughs> we start at ten in the morning. We usually go to like one in the end, but we take breaks and walks yes, and exercise. Very disciplined of you. <laughs> anyway, what musical theatre? What what show has inspired you the most? Me, personally, Billy Elliot. I love that musical okay. so very much. Um, and I think it's because it's so well written. And people might not necessarily know that it is. I mean, the numbers are so finely structured in between the dancing and the storytelling and the, the lyric writing. Um, and it's just such a brilliant story. And the story is at the heart of it, which we always try to aim for. We all, we don't ever just write a song because, oh, let's have a fun great song here. Song, yeah. like, <laughs> it always has to serve the story and there has to be a reason for it. And I think it's such a great example of that. And it's a very brilliant British show again. It says this is gritty, this is British, this is not a Disney's fantastic kind of, you know, lots of chandeliers Interesting number. with Billy Elliot, actually, you can't really take those songs outside of the show. They don't really stand well in cabarets. There's no big no. ballad that, it, and we're kind of the same. We struggle with this. We, we're not really, we don't really seek out that cabaret circuit a lot because our songs. We got a couple in Age of Mold that do stand alone, but they've always got character names in them. We, we don't write, mm. you know, they're yeah. very specific. Uh, for me personally, it's The Witches of Eastwick, um, which was when I was 15. I had an obsession with. I saw it six times, and the actress Rosemary Ash, who played the the best part in that show, Felicia Gabriel. We then cast in Age of Mold, and she's since become a really close friend because and but it, really it was her performance in that show that was you know I realized I wanted to write those big funny comedy monstrous characters that are just really fun to write well um are we is this transferring to Broadway do we know Adrian mm. Mole? You know, actually you that would be that. interesting I, I just, to see how it went on Broadway but Americans are currently <laughs> flocking around um which is interesting because there is um you know they love British things over there, and and also because it's this certainly is certainly British. I mean, yeah. you never know, as they would say on Love Island. Never, say never, never say never. I know. Well, good luck with Thank with so Broadway or wherever it goes, or the next show, which I can't wait to see. That Thank sounds you. really, really interesting. Jake Brunger and Pippa Cleary, the writers Thank of Adrian Mole. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed that podcast, why not download some of the other ones we've done? You can find them all on the website. And and if you did enjoy it, you can also rate us. You can do some, I don't know, something where you say you really liked it. Give us a review. All that stuff. Feedback. That's what we want. (laughs) 